Welcome back, me sweet listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C suites lead the companies we most admire. The C suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, Is everything running smoothly in our day-to-day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On this episode of the me-suite, we interview CEO Lita Dwight. Lita is the CEO of Bright Life Foods. It's spelled B-R-Y-T, Bright Life, one word. Bright Life Foods is a plant-based cheese and yogurt business based in New York, and you really only need to know that it's very yummy. Leading up to Bright Life, Lita practiced law as an investment management attorney, and she also operated a real estate renovation company. She's also run corporate wellness seminars I think we're going to have a fun discussion today on how her core values have steered her from law and order to sourcing a gazillion pounds of cashews for non-dairy cheese making. Welcome, Lita Dwight. Thank you, Donna. That was such a great introduction. (laughs) And thank you so much for having me on the Me Suite. You know we start with core values, Lita. So let's start with yours and share with the listeners how your core values have been steering the key decisions in your life. I would say the core values that most reflect who I am are freedom, authenticity, and compassion. Mm. I chose law was essentially because it was suggested to me by a parent that that was a profession that would suit me because Mm. of my sort of difficult personality. But I saw freedom as lack of structure as being able to do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Now, over time, that evolved because when I chose to use my freedom to leave law to do something that spoke more to my soul, like starting Bright Life, um, then I had to create structures and systems around that vision because you can't start a business with freedom sort of aimlessly um, flailing around, you have to have a plan. You have to have a business plan. And that's where I really needed to surrender to the idea of having structure and discipline because ultimately that allowed me to have freedom. Mm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And so that leads me to authenticity, which is being true to who you are. So after eight years of practicing law, I kind of saw the trajectory of what my future was going to look like. I got to the eighth year, which is where they start considering you for partnership. And I saw all my friends kind of falling to the wayside and and getting sick and just not taking care of themselves and spending every night there and ordering dinner from the same place, you know, every Mm. night. And that was their life. And I thought, oh my God, am I going to do this for the next 20, 30, 40 years? This is, this is my future. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do. And of course, that didn't speak to me. I quit and I didn't start my vision of my bright life wasn't even a vision at that point. I actually um, quit to start a program at Hunter College for post-bac pre-med. 
Um, I got to the second year of the post-bac program and I was in organic chemistry too. And Mm -hmm. again, the contrarian in me, I didn't like the uh, Western model of medicine, the disease model of medicine, where I thought I'm going to go to school for 10 years. I'm going to learn how to prescribe drugs Mm. and I'm just going to be a pharmacist and be, you know, suppressing people's symptoms. I thought there has to be a better way. So I actually went out west and I visited a couple of naturopathic schools. I was headed in that direction, but I don't know. I I didn't, um, something in my gut, I just went with this feeling was that I wanted to take health and healing Mm -hmm. to people to see if I could use nutrition uh, food as medicine. Mm. And rather than spending four years, another uh, four years of, of going to medical school, and then beyond that on the West Coast and then trying to transfer that knowledge back to the East Coast because I didn't want to leave my my home, my family, my friends. I decided I was going to study nutrition. And that led me into the corporate wellness field because uh. here were all of my friends who were falling ill and not taking care of themselves. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to teach them how to use food to help them feel better, to lower stress, to you know, give them more energy to help them lose weight. If they, you know, like all of these ways that I thought I could help people without having to prescribe drugs, but mm-hmm. preemptively getting them to a point where they're just healthier. And this leads me to my third value, which is compassion. Because from that, I had been studying voraciously. I took a bunch of courses in nutrition and healing. I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. One night I come home and I'm watching this um, films called Vegucated. And it was all about the uh, progression of these three individuals who go on a plant-based diet for six weeks. has nothing to do with animal rights, but in any event, um, there's a scene in there with a tiny piglet being processed through a factory farm. And there's something about that scene that just hit me in a way that was like a ton of bricks. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, I have to do something for animals. So all of my passion sort of coming together with food, health, healing, animals. And I was like, I have to do something to help animals and people. And And here's the compassion part was really bleeding into feeling like I wanted to sort of focus my energy on the animal rights piece and Initially, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in that piece. But as I was doing the corporate wellness seminars, I noticed that people were absorbing the information and then maybe applying it for a week or two, but not necessarily sticking with any particular program. It was just something that would have needed to sort of be reinforced over and over. And I thought, I don't know if this is particularly effective. Mm -hmm. I thought, but what if I provided the food that was healthier and I would be helping people? I would be helping the animals. And as a byproduct, it also helps the environment. And I thought, oh my God, that's the perfect combination of all of these things that I had wanted to touch upon, or or at least, you know, with the um, health and healing aspects of food, helping animals, and then feeling the need to give back. The compassion piece is really wanting to be a part of something that's bigger than myself, Mm. trying to be of service to something that's not just about me, which is what uh, being a corporate lawyer felt like to me. Mm. I love hearing this journey story. And it sounds like there was a song 
in your heart, in your soul for a long time that you just weren't listening to. Yes. And that over time, you uh, it had a louder voice. It got a louder voice. And you've just evolved to this. It sounds, in the way you tell the story, the evolution of it sounds very natural. But I am sure that it didn't feel that smooth as you Not were. Not at all. Yeah, as you were shutting <laughs> out what you wanted to be doing and you just weren't recognizing it. It's amazing. Well, thank you. But yes, it, it was not a just mm-hmm. a straight line trajectory from, oh my God, this is not me. I mean, it took me eight years mm-hmm. to get to the post-back pre-med phase to get me to the place where I was like, no, the Western medicine isn't the right move for me to, mm-hmm. oh my God, nutrition is, oh my God, no, it's not. I'm going to make the food. And then the thing that keeps you in it is the big why. If it's mm. something, if there's something that's bigger than yourself, you manage to overcome the obstacles because there's no alternative. At that point, it's not just, oh my God, I need another boat. I want a bigger condo. I need, you know, it's really about how can I help ease suffering for animals? How can I make the environment a more hospitable place for the next generation? Mm -hmm. How can I help people who are hurting or working these crazy hours have more energy and feel better about themselves and de-stress with food? How can I teach them a better way of living? So all of those things I, I you know, when I wake up in the morning, I go, oh my God, oh, I have to source 2,000 pounds of cashews from <laughs> Vietnam. How am I going to do that? Um, that it, you know, it does, it feels like, <gasps> what a crazy decision this was um, until I go, oh wait, but there's nothing else I want to do. Yeah, this is so thoughtful and it's very uh, vulnerable. And I am sure that there are listeners who are at crossroads. Do I turn left or I do I turn right right now? So I really appreciate you sharing this story. Of course. Are there certain mindsets and disciplines that you learned or are now applying that help us in our own, what I'm calling the me suite and running our own lives like we are a company? Yeah, so the most important uh, thing that I've learned touched upon, I, I touched upon a little bit in the beginning about freedom um, mm-hmm. was setting up structures mm-hmm. um, and systems and having the discipline to follow through. So coming up with a plan and then executing a plan. And that was the hardest thing for me because that went against my nature mm-hmm. of being, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to make mozzarella from cashews. I'm going to sell it to Pizza Hut and to Domino's. But I didn't have a plan. I just kind of fumbled along. I taught myself some things on the internet. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have any marketing strategy. I didn't have a, there was no distribution strategy, Mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. The pieces that I'm putting in place, Mm -hmm. of course, I don't know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm coming from it from an investment management attorney background not knowing the CPG business at all. Mm -hmm. And these experts are coming in and saying, Lita, have you thought about this? Have you thought about, and I'm like, no. Right. And it's genius being surrounded by those people because now not only am I benefiting, I mean, it's what I've learned. I mean, just to let go and let people who are experts in their field do their thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have to wear all the hats. The pressure, like, it's not just a 
it's just not just a better way to to do things, but the amount of stress and anxiety around being in an area that I'm not comfortable in mm-hmm. is just been completely lifted because now I know I can trust Katie to take care of the food science R and D, and I know I can trust Ainsley to do the marketing plan and the social media campaigns, and I know I can trust because they're so much better than I am. Yeah, they were so much better than I am, and so I don't. I don't want to, you know, a micromanage that piece because that's not that's not where my talent is. That's mm-hmm. not that's not going to be the full expression and the full uh, potential of what I have to bring to the table if I'm dipping my hands into these areas that I don't have any expertise in, nor should I be doing those things, particularly the things that I dislike, because I'm not going to do those as well. I'm just not going to do those as mm-hmm. well. So that would be point number two, surround yourself with the most genius people that you can afford. Mm. The last thing, and I touched on this as well, Mm -hmm. um, I would say, you know, trying to find something that allows you to serve someone or something that's big, that's greater than yourself. Because Mm. then when you run into the obstacles, you can get through, you can manage them so much better. You're not as likely to give up and throw up your hands and be like, oh, no, I can't. I feel so defeated. It's like, no, you can't be defeated because this <laughs> is this is a goal that is, it's bigger than you. You're being of service. This is what you're being called to do. If it's something that you feel passionate about, that is the highest expression of yourself. If mm. you need to give yourself to that, because that's, probably why you're here or it'll lead to why you are here if there's something more specific. But I think as you make those choices towards things that you're curious about, towards things that you think, you know, I mean, I got here in a very, you know, circuitous Mm -hmm. way. So as you get closer and closer to where you go, bingo, um, every, every setback, every obstacle, everything that you think is like, oh, I don't know, is this the right, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. You can move past that point because you can dig deep into your why. Why Why am I doing this? I did manage to practice law for eight years, and um, it's hard to walk away from that lifestyle. Yeah. I remember the day when I told my parents I was leaving law to start pre-med, and they're like, "Are you, have you lost your mind? Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, you're eight years into this. Why, why, would, you, why would you do that? Because you're throwing away your career. Yeah. But the thought of having to spend the rest of my life doing something I was not passionate about um, was just overshadowed by the yeah. desire to do something completely else. You're making me think of just how how important it is these certain people who come into your life at the right time. I had myself a deposit down for law school, and I was supposed to start law. And I had a professor pull me aside and say, don't go to law school yet. Pursue your interest and your talent in the theater. Wow. And had she not done that, I would have continued on to law school. I don't know what would have happened to me today uh, rather than you know, taking the, the professional theater path that I took for uh, three years of schooling at the MFA level and then an additional 10 years uh, as a professional in the field. Uh, I'm, I don't know, you know, bad, good, indifferent, but that one person and that one conversation at that one moment completely changed the trajectory. Wow. Yeah, and I, I think we, wow. we 
we, you and I, and, and all of us now, I think need to be very appreciative of how impactful uh, we can be helping to talk to people about the stories that we have lived and how we have made certain decisions in our lives and how we find the big why, as you beautifully, you beautifully said it, the big why. How do you help people find the big why? What's the answer to that question? Well, I think curiosity is the word that comes to mind when it, because I don't think if you ask people like, what do you think your purpose is? Like, I don't know. I don't know what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. But I think as you follow your curiosity, things that you gravitate towards, things that you find an interest in, that's where there's a little bit of magic that like follows behind that. Like it may not seem like a logical path or, but if there's some level of curiosity and interest and you tend to pursue that, you have the, the courage in some cases you need some courage because maybe it's not something that's either socially or your parents haven't, you know, given you the thumbs up to, to follow that course. You know, it's kind of like the invisible bridge where you take the first step, you know, uh, Indiana Jones takes the first step and the, and the bridge is is invisible, but mm-hmm. he takes the first step and the bridge starts to appear. Yeah. That's kind of, you kind of have to take the step into the, the leap into a little bit of the unknown, but following your curiosity. And I think in your case, you know, like, uh, well, who knows what would happen if I had followed the medicine path? I mean, because that's where my curiosity lay, uh-huh. but. It's led me to here. So, you know, all of these sort of circuitous routes have led me to here with you as well with your interest in, in, um, I think you would have been a great lawyer though. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Not a corporate lawyer, but a a litigator. I'm very happy for you. And I think listeners can feel it, right? That you're really living in your wheelhouse. I think it's uh, infectious. Thanks. And I appreciate you sharing it. I would like to leave the listeners with uh, uh, something that they could do differently on Monday, which is how do we find Bright Life Foods? So for the moment, we are in Brooklyn and Manhattan, Orchard Grocer, Essex Market and Riverdale and Park Slope Food Co-op. So those are all local Mm -hmm. New York City brands or New York City uh, vendors. But uh, within within a year or so, we should be in some more local Whole Foods and uh, fresh markets, and hopefully we're going to be um, a national brand within the next five years. That's the goal. That's amazing. We'll have to bring we'll have to bring you back. Don't forget the little people. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I will remember you. You'll even get free cheese. Thank you. <laughs> so, Lita, thank you for being very transparent about sharing your story. I think people learn from people like you when they hear what it really took, and that the line is not a straight one. No, it's not. And yeah. and the the um, infectiousness in the just the joy in the um, energy in your voice uh, because you're living your big why. Thank you for being here with us today. Well, thank you for having me. This has been fun. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook and at themesuite.com. That's the-me-suite.com. Sweet like executive suite. That's the-me-suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded.